Hey, Shannon, how are you? <laughs> Happy 256 bits or whatever. Yay. <laughs> um, I'm great. I'm super excited about this. So excited we put it off for a week, right? Because I don't want to do this. You're getting two episodes in one, so we, we were able to do that. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, in life besides this, it's great. Field camp ends tomorrow. So, yeah, another week and a half of another class, and then I'm done. You know, until fall when we all wind back right up in the same position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's it going with you? Busy? Very. Yeah, we are staying, staying super busy. Unfortunately, the U.S. is not sending uh, science parties to Antarctica this year. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has changed our the way we're scheduling some production things right now because we were we were scrambling and we're still scrambling to get some things to go to antarctica because they are sending uh, you know minimal crews and that kind of thing right yeah but we, we've sort of had to change around what's planning on getting unloaded on trucks when gotcha interesting i doubt there are a lot of small businesses that are worrying about that same thing but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I love it. That's great. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Um, we should find something else to talk about than what we're going to talk about today. I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be painful. Um, and it's an experiment, so you can bear with us. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, I, we said this in the last show, but in the 8-bit world, uh, when you're counting up, you go 254, 255... And that's all your little 8-bit register can hold, (laughs) and you go back to zero. Oh, man. So here we are, back at episode zero. Episode zero, Hello World. Published January 16th, 2015. Oh, my gosh. I I was not even a month out of my PhD. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I was... uh, a year and a half, two years, two years from finishing. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I was halfway through. Do you, okay, so our first, obviously, episode zero, because we have to start counting at zero, because John's head will explode. And obviously, we named it Hello World, but I have to ask you, do you first remember the first time that you coded Hello World in C++? Oh, man. Because I remember my first time. <laughs> I don't know about in C++. I, I definitely remember, I think the first Hello World I ever wrote was in Quick Basic. Oh, wow. Okay. Gotcha. Nope. I, was, I was a nerd in, in fifth grade. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I was, was going to say, it was probably about the same. You were in fifth grade. Um, yeah. I re- don't do that math. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to. <laughs> I remember sitting at my desk. I worked at the National Sphere Storms Laboratory, and they're like, uh, if you want to keep doing this, you got to learn this. And he threw this massive C++ book at me. And I was like, oh, okay. And I made my little first Hello World right there. What was it? Uh, it, w- it wasn't the little Kernigan and Ritchie book. It was probably the Dietrich and Dietrich. It was green. <laughs> it was green. Okay. <laughs> That's what I remember. It's pro- probably an old Dietrich and Dietrich. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was great. So mm-hmm. that's what I remember. And I said, this nice. sucks. I'm going to go do geology. <laughs> <laughs> and here you are teaching geology online. Oh, yeah. Super easy. Field geology online like it's supposed to be done. Um, I think this was my idea to MST3K our first episode. But now I'm nervous because unlike you, I don't have to listen to us play back every week. And so it's scary. <laughs> Yeah, you get to experience what I do every week, except having for to listen to your own voice. Yeah, <laughs> it's so terrible. <laughs> but don't you do it in like you know five times the speed, so we sound like psychotic chipmunks. <laughs> it depends on the episode. If it's an easy to edit one, yes. Okay, great. So we're gonna attempt to do this with episode zero and see how embarrassed we can get. And we were doing some audio tests before we started recording, and I'm already super embarrassed because I'm afraid in five years I haven't gotten any better at speaking into the mic. (laughs) Yes, and so a couple of things that I noticed looking at episode zero. One, we wrote a lot of show notes. (laughs) So many show notes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We recorded this twice. 
We recorded it twice, didn't we? Like, we did it one more time without recording it. Didn't we practice the whole thing at least once? I think so. I think we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we each picked fun papers. Wow. We had two fun papers for the first couple episodes. And then we thought, that was a lot of work. That's crazy. We had two fun papers, copious notes, and it was still only 35 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't do that if our lives depended on it now. <laughs> I mean, we're already nine minutes in exactly. here almost. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is going to be terrible and wonderful. Hmm. All right, so here we go. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to try to do my best balancing the audio levels out on this. Uh, but Mystery Science Theater 3000, Episode 0. Your GarageBand skills are good. All scientists that have ever been alive yeah, it was done on an iPhone. GarageBand, when, when I got the iPhone 6. Yes. It's not an exact science. We still use the exact same audio. <laughs> Episode zero, hello world. And you're probably asking episode zero of what? Uh, which is a really great question. So I guess that's where we'll start. So, Shannon, what are we doing here? John, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Nothing's changed. We still don't. <laughs> Five years later. Every science nerd, this podcast. I clearly didn't know what I was doing with the audio levels. Wow, let's bring that up a little bit. And the use of technology, specifically in the geosciences. Uh, there's a lot of technology out there, and a lot Ooh. of us don't know what to do with it, like myself, and a Still lot of don't. us do know what to do with it, like you. So this is for all of our science nerd friends to bring it together. Uh, and none of our friends listen to it. <laughs> no, nerd, not at all. Also dabbles in the Except all the people that have listened to it and, and become friends. And on the other hand, that is lots of email. Really great That's true. But for as long as I've known um, her, look at us she needs complimenting a bit of each help other when it comes to the technology end of things. That oh, no, really never mind. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but so do a lot of you. Um, so that's why John and I have come together to bring you Don't I panic love who we think is listening. That's remember, interesting. It's not an exact science. Um, this it's podcast true. is going to bring you a lot of interviews oh, yeah, with our friends who are leaders in the fields of geosciences, geology, meteorology. Jokes on us. We don't or have just friends. in general interesting <laughs> persons that are going to talk about Ooh, you got really close problems to the mic. I'm in geology, it yep, problems sure. in meteorology, <laughs> things that you guys want to talk about too. Oh, we great. also want to hear from you. John, tell them about the website. You can find us at don'tpanicgeocast.com. Or if you want to email us directly. I mean, as we were getting ready to record this, you saw me log into the podcast hosting service for the first time on this screen share. Yeah, that's probably true, So let right? us know yeah, what it's you true. think. We'll be certainly happy to take your suggestions about geoscience. Look, I'm more, of a, I'm more of an ideas person. All right, so we're just going to kind of banter back and forth about all these things, uh, talk about yeah. conference stories, and then we've got a few segments that we want to do, too. For example, a Fun few. Paper Friday. So as the show Yay. releases on Friday, <laughs> we're going to bring you a paper that we think is interesting or relevant, and we encourage you to do the same Lovely. thing. If you're on Twitter, you can use the hashtag Fun Paper Friday. Also, who would have thought that we would have custom cowbells yes, from awesome listeners oh, like Tim? Amazing. Papers, but it's always nice to get out of our Steve comfort sent me cowbells. I've got a John Deere cowbell funny, that we got here now. I know we have more than one. It's so great. On have a travel cowbell right. as my carbon know. fiber. Every week, Everyone go comes into my office and they're like, is that a custom cowbell? Yes, we'll it is. <laughs> too much my friend Tim made this for me. So to get started, I think we should probably introduce under 45 um, minutes. So my name is Shannon <laughs> Doolin. I'm a newly minted PhD <laughs> at a university that shall be unnamed. I'm an assistant professor. Just kidding. I work at OU. So there's a lot of technology in field geology that isn't necessarily used. And now it is this year. <laughs> I also teach a class called Native Sciences. Yep. And I look at indigenous stories and how they relate to meteorology and geology through the past several hundred years. You know, I talk out of the America. side of my mouth and I think Very I still do it. And every in time in I listen to this, I think, oh, I need some radio. Like, one of my passions. I need I some radio John's lessons. Really <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm John Lehman. I'm a PhD student at Penn State. So I spend my days studying earthquake physics in the laboratory, but I've got a background in meteorology 
and geophysics uh, from the University of Oklahoma. Uh, actually, just that was like easier does. than geology. So I'm very interested in <laughs> both yes. actual physical problems and these wonderful systems of equations. I'm still a PhD student. So sad. So hopeful. Yeah, exactly. So, so you got crushed. Making demonstrations, <laughs> with the public, and mostly using technology to make all of our jobs easier and help us learn more about this planet that we're all stuck on together. You know, our well, audio levels weren't idea. good, but they were still pretty good. I mean, the actual audio quality. So, Shannon, did you go anywhere interesting this winter? Because well, you made me buy... Yeah, it was good. Society of America holds their annual meeting every year I did not know about the compressor, and we got a lot of angry emails from people about the compressor. I still don't know much about it. But we use one. Yeah, they sure did. We understand the irony in that, but it's a really great conference which actually extends to geologists Convents? all over the world Shush. attend the GSA conference every it year. It was like the 19th time we recorded that. an so. amazing venue and a super beautiful city. Who was our editor? Man, we should fire that guy. So I heard that it was actually a green <laughs> venue this year. Uh, it was. Um, besides being on the water and having a beautiful view, the conference mm, center's roof was entirely grass, so it literally was a green venue. Um, but their entire <laughs> roof was a big lawn. <laughs> There were seagulls up there all the time. It was really funny to watch them. I actually went to the conference. I didn't just stand outside. As opposed to now. Really uh, right, exactly. Um, I was actually interviewing people. I was... Was it at this conference? Oh, no, it was the next year. Never mind. My kid pooped on me while I was interviewing a candidate for a job, so that was fun. So other than going on a tour of all the breweries around Vancouver, as I'm sure you did, what about talks? Did you see anything that was really exciting? Yes, John, we actually worked. The most exciting talk that we went to was the presentation of the Woolard Medal Exactly, Joe Kirschvink, and he is a paleomagnetist. This was amazing. Caltech. I tell uh, this who story. Who we've talked about multiple so times. Exactly. Oh, and I tell this story uh, all the time. We should like get him on here. And magnetization and rock. That, oh, yeah. That right. would not uh, be a 30-minute show. Got a magnetic field here on Earth. <laughs> no. And that magnetic field changes over time. There's a lot of different ways that it can change in intensity, in direction. And paleomagnetists are the scientists that look at magnets and rocks that record the changing of the magnetic field over time. When their equipment works, and which right, is so never, obviously. To, uh, something like <laughs> I think they're the scientists that hope to look well, at we, magnetic fields. Well, we can be better than that <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but um, 500 uh, is probably a really good Our magnetometer hasn't had helium in it for six months, so it's going to be, not six months, three months. It's going to be terrible. Back to about 500 million. Yeah, it's not my software's problem. Some no, like no, <laughs> not really. Because you take these tiny, I did go into the lab and poke the computer the other day. It still is on. Where the continents were over time. And what makes Joe Kirschfink's work really interesting is he's looking at linking how the continents wandered based on their magnetic records, and he's linking it to extinction events. So it's really interesting. So <laughs> timing then, or yeah, there's a lot of extinctions in the rock record. Man, what was I doing to this gone, microphone? <laughs> uh, extinct over millions of years that we're looking at, and. Now, how do you sit so still when you're talking? I gesticulate too much, obviously. (laughs) I've got like a a posture that I get in, so I'll look away from the mic or whatever when I'm not talking. But anytime I'm talking into the mic, I have like this the mic hunch. (laughs) That's right, same position. The mic hunch. Uh, See, I was in band for too long, I'm not allowed to hunch when I sit, so I need to. I did. Figure that out. A new thing that's happened at the last couple of GSA conferences that I've attended is that they have these things called digital posters. Do they still do these? They still do them, but I don't actually, there weren't many this last time in Arizona. It's not just that. So GSA has had that for the last It's a cool idea, but it doesn't really seem to have taken off in the last five years. I don't think it did. I think what we're doing more now is like now at these big conferences, we're uploading our stuff and making it available to everybody, which has not been a thing in the past. Right. Like this last year, they allowed photographs of talks and posters unless you specifically had the sticker that said, don't video this. So are these uh, 
like touch screen yeah, televisions or kind of weird. a smart board idea. I saw one of them. I only saw one out of everything. You don't have to, you know, take your paper poster and carry it on an airplane and get it smooshed <laughs> by people's nope. roller bags. You still got to do that. <laughs> exactly. We have all yeah. have an awful story about your poster getting Though I will say, I started I started just printing them on there. A bus in some foreign country, that's for sure. Well, so. not all of us have that kind of money. Uh, as long as you don't lose your USB, it's a really good idea. I mean, if you they do it at Kinkos, it's not really any different. Yeah, it's not too bad. That's coming very soon these were mostly um see we used to have a copy shop people's new software. in our building and we don't anymore so it's gonna be whoa shannon calm down making it usable for students <laughs> it's gonna be real expensive with. now so and yeah so these digital posters i'll just print it there i remember getting yelled at because i wanted to have a, a photo of mars that had a black background where you and they told me i couldn't print it because it used too much black ink at kinko's or at school of some far off at school so i went to kinko's yeah good call because of political reasons where we couldn't travel to these countries or because your geology department just doesn't have that much money to take you there. Huh. That's a really great ink. idea. And mm-hmm. I know it's probably a huge logistical challenge for these conferences that have so many posters to start thinking about converting over to this digital mindset. Yeah, it really That's why was, we haven't done it. Whoa, they told Shannon. us I was interested in how they were doing this digital poster idea. I was so excited, obviously. already had all of these televisions available to them. So it was really the venue that took care of those kind of logistics. I don't think most venues have all those That's TVs. Really so I don't know what they do in Vancouver. What kinds of things did you see <laughs> yeah. on these posters? I know you said there was some Google Earth and that kind of thing. I love that our first episode really was cool a conference that episode. Like to talk about is using drones for mapping. Which the listener survey says are some of the least popular it episodes. Like, I, Correct, I and I would see why. I used one now, but I imagine <laughs> yeah. that a lot of people do. And it's just we spend so much time in conferences, and we want to share what we learn. And this seems like the venue. I think you're going to say share what we went through. (laughs) Looking at it for hours and and hours and hours and trying to understand what's happening. What's really neat about using a drone is that a lot of people can't get out to the field. A lot of geology programs. This new drone technology five years ago that I was so excited about. 30, 40, 100 students. And you're like, what if we couldn't go to the field? field (laughs) If only I had a drone. Undergraduates have drone so we can link in. They can take these drones out and the bring drone back stuff those I did for this summer now. <laughs> well, right, right. That's great. Look how far I've come. A student that's got a disability <laughs> and would have problems getting into the field or anything like that. Exactly. So we never would have dreamed drones, to say pandemic. I'm assuming it's mm-hmm. not what we normally see, where somebody straps a GoPro Correct. to a drone and flies over, because that just kind of gives you a two-dimensional static image. So they're, they're, surely they're doing something a little more complicated. Most of the drone posters that I saw were actually just a GoPro strapped to a drone, <laughs> but there are a few of them. That's changed a lot. It's changed a lot. <laughs> that is so true. You can reproduce a 3D image based on these Ooh. drone maps. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be really great because then if you've got a student that's having a problem understanding something, they can actually go back to the outcrop. Oh. You know, I know we've all had that experience where yep. you're standing in front of an outcrop <laughs> and the professor or your guide says something like, it's intuitively obvious to the most casual, the most casual observer. observer. <laughs> Shout out to Neil for that. I swear, as a professor, I've never used those words. <clears throat> but Is that still true, Shannon? Absolutely true. We all take our field notebooks. Like 2015 me answered you just then. They're not necessarily married together, right? Oh, Two days later, that's so funny. This is actually super funny to think about, like, everything I just went through to make this digital field camp (laughs) and listening to this now. Exactly where you are, and you can geotag the exact pictures, know exactly what you're looking at, and then you can reference it that way. It's a really great idea, but there are some problems with it. Oh, yeah, I've got those problems listed right now. (laughs) Would be (laughs) trespassing. Uh, We've all had that experience where (laughs) if you could just get to the other side of that hill to see what's going on over there and i guess it would be a little bit of a quandary if you know look at you thinking like a trespassing geologist (laughs) yes that's that's exactly the problem we trespassed many times together trespassing no we haven't right to take a drone out and access rocks that you wouldn't can i tell you how many drones i flipped off that just randomly come zooming over me in my everyday so life there's a lot of conversation that's going to <laughs> yeah, be yeah talking to somebody that said they were in their hot tub in their backyard and the drone like 
hovered down over them for a second. Awesome. But there are a lot of questions. Uh, that was about a great opportunity right there with this technology. <laughs> Absolutely, I know. I mean, even the FAA has been struggling with coming up with regulations for these, and they still are. Five years later, there mm-hmm. still aren't good regulations mm-hmm. or licensing systems. Is it an Correct. invasion of privacy if immediately after your home was wiped away by a tornado? If there's a news agency flying a drone immediately overhead. Exactly. Just well, because your house isn't there. Yeah, they're doing it now. It's still so. your property. So <laughs> where does the law stand on that? Uh, I would be interested in hearing from anyone who is from 2020, drones, Shannon. Has strong ideas <laughs> about using drones or not using drones. And if it's beneficial enough that this is something we need to go forward to. Where can they Nobody was listening then. So no one contacted they us about this. Get a hold of us. <laughs> Don't panic yeah, I'm sure our parents listen to episode zero. <laughs> Look at you, like, pimping our uh, email address Excellent. again. Um, that's great. <laughs> this is a conversation that's going to move forward in geology field mapping for the next several years, I'm sure, because it's a really good tool. But we'll leave it there for yeah. now. Yeah, I'm, we could go on about this for probably the rest of the show. So, uh, <laughs> we yeah, we probably should move on. <laughs> Which now we just do. Uh, so yeah, where did you go exactly. this fall? <laughs> Well, I actually went to the American Geophysical Union meeting, which is... Oh, my gosh. This is the most boring episode, John, that we've ever done. (laughs) It was in San Francisco. I will say, I really miss AGU, though. I haven't been in a couple of years now. And this year, I don't think it's... I think it's going to be virtual. It feels like it's really... They announced that GSA was going to be virtual. I was thinking about taking my students to AGU this year. Because I haven't been there in a long time either. Or I haven't been there in a long time, but obviously not now. study planet Earth there, too. Really, uh, geologists, meteorologists, anybody that deals with uh, a physical science, really, on any planet goes there. And this year, there were about 24,000 people. Wow. That is, at the conference. that's a lot of people converging on the streets <laughs> Always of San so big. So big. Uh, yeah, I mean, downtown has to And I think really that's a lot smaller uh, than it was last year. Yeah, I think so. Was, I heard that last year was the first year in the Moscone the Center, right, after they redid it? students this time. Yes, You're yeah. You're kidding. 30% of 24,000. That is an amazing number of students that made it out there. That's really cool. If only we had a calculator. I know. Right, and I mean, it's not necessarily a cheap conference to go to either, so I'm really glad that people are able to get funding. And I know AGU's <laughs> been really great about trying to help out students get to the conference. Uh, so, you know, like it was every year, it was Are great you calculating to, to make sure I got that right? Current and past. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. As long as you can find them. And, and they know where to send the email. Uh, <laughs> but, of course, you know we do tend to converge on kind of the same. That's a show at Don't yeah, Panic. Like, that's true. It's, it's in several buildings, right? It's not just one So what do you do listening to this? What is your annoying thing that you right? do that you catch yourself right, when you listen to yourself? Buildings, and this year we actually were also in the Marriott. I think Marquis starting Hotel many sentences with right. Wow. Mine is so. That's unbelievable. And it drives me insane. What kind of cool stuff did you do? Yeah. Oh, there were all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, let's see, one of them. There uh, were all kinds of cool stuff. That's wrong tense there, buddy. Friction, which is what I look at, so I was, of course, interested in this topic. But viewing friction as a, actually a fracture process. Uh, what does that mean? So saying that really there is no such thing as a standard coefficient of friction for a material, but all friction is is just uh, this repeated fracturing process. I'm pretty sure we've read like 50 papers about this since and, then. Uh, to look at this, they took some PLA Probably. blocks, so, you know, kind of just yeah. acrylic plexiglass blocks, and we're sliding them against each other. Polymethylmethacrylate. Really <laughs> that got drilled into me during the course of my PhD. They had <laughs> strain gauges and high-speed video cameras and all kinds of Your really favorite things. on these blocks. <laughs> Still. Episode zero, they're already here. Of fracture I'm not sure who I was talking about here, but if I had to guess, I would say it's probably Jay Feinberg's work. Wow. So, mm. basically, they took these plastic blocks and slowed it down enough that you can see just lots of i imagine lots of tiny tiny little fractures like microscopic fractures as these blocks are being pushed past each other right and those fractures are at the interface between the blocks they're not actually in the blocks necessarily what wow how does that happen (laughs) (laughs) well so it's uh you know we won't go too deep into contact mechanics oh a whole nother we do that now (laughs) <laughs> but when you have two surfaces right. together... You I don't know if we've talked about healing, kind of frictional healing yet, frictional but we should. I'm going to need some frictional healing after this pandemic. Oh, so painful. Do they do anything besides just cameras? I mean, cameras is something that we've always used, and even slowing down the cameras. Do they listen to these things? What other huh, things that's an do interesting they use question. to track? Yeah. 
Yeah, that was a good and one. So he didn't listen to them per se. There are people that do piezoelectric sensing of these things. Uh, but he did have you just wanted uh, to say string gauges piezoelectric. at different locations on the block. <laughs> so you could actually get the full three-dimensional strain in the block at all these locations. As the They're really thinking the about it. As fast as he samples string gauges, I think you could synthesize the sound out of it. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, see, exactly. Uh, it's like a snapping shrimp really or something. That really takes us to a whole other level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can, in real time, model this data, doesn't it? So we're already over halfway Absolutely. through the show. And that never would be uh, the case. The no. Oh, my goodness. No. The, you know, we would have barely got through our banter. Really <laughs> upper end RF stuff. But to geologists, if you're collecting at I mean, we did two conferences in one show. That's, really that's shocking. A, a data problem. And two papers. Yes, that's oh, an incredible that's so weird. <laughs> amount of data. I was just talking to a colleague How long did we do that? Did you check that out? that kind of data uh I'm, no I'm i didn't see how many episodes we surely it's just got to be like five and then we're like nope this is dumb we should do uh, I'm one sure paper we'll talk about storage and <laughs> if that probably topic. yeah as an experimentalist is very near <laughs> to my heart and i'm sure yours as well <laughs> yes data are prolific <laughs> but back to <laughs> it's still back hard for me to make that so, plural uh, oh, let's see. so there hard was another poster there that yeah uh, actually, just but once you do it, you have to be a snob about it. Exactly. That's mind. exactly it. And I'm so <laughs> glad I did. Uh, I'm like, oh, discover the best posters. It's it true. Nothing you were looking for, plural. just something you walk by. Exactly. Because <laughs> it's totally out of my field. But it was using a coax cable. Uh, you know, so if you're not a not a cord cutter and you've still got the cable <laughs> that goes from the wall to your television, just kind of the black. As John cable, does. Uh, it was using <laughs> that uh, modified slightly as a strain meter. Uh, I remember I this poster. <laughs> I think I still even have the picture of this poster. So oh, oh nice. They would take cuts out of the cable. Uh, the coax cable has an inner conductor that the signal travels mm-hmm. down, and then an outer braid that's right. a, a shield and return. So they would cut that braid every so often down the cable, and that creates an impedance mismatch. Uh, mismatch? Like uh-huh. Yeah, so I hate it when my impedance gets mismatched. And you get reflection. <laughs> That's if you do it in the How nervous were we? Engineers really like to do things. <laughs> I, we were pretty nervous doing this. So they I think we were. I remember being and they would send all like going over my environment, making sure like everything was okay. And, and this was came back. literally the third or fourth time that we went through this, which right. I can't even imagine so now. So the cable was stretched or put closer together, they could actually see those frequencies shift. You know, I'm interested. I haven't seen this technology. And ever hit the market say that with coax, so something must have not worked out. Yeah, micron hmm. on coax or maybe cable, and like you said, that's pretty cheap. Not so a that's company always to do something it. that we're hmm. trying to yeah. expand upon is that technology is expensive, but that's a pretty cool use of something that's been around for a while, right? Yeah, I mean the electronics to drive it are. If only somebody had a pricey, but most of it company that did this course. kind of work. Uh, <laughs> And it was they really developed geophysical see. instruments. And yeah, it's yeah. exactly. Hmm. Right now, when you have strange too bad. Late in <laughs> late in 2015 is when I actually opened the bank account for Lehman Geophysical. Oh no, kidding! Hmm. Yeah, uh, that could give us probably so from we're, this. We're five years old well, this year. I'm imagining probably from this episode zero <laughs> strain meters, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm and curious when its first mention is in the podcast, but I don't really want to go back and listen to all those. Oh no, no, let's not. But you're not actually storing each of the I don't really think we've, well, hmm, okay. We'll wait till after our fun papers. We can do a wrap-up of this. That's always a nice <laughs> surprise to see something that you hadn't thought about using, coaxial cable, as a strain meter, which is what I love about during winter travel season is that you go to these conferences and it's not necessarily the things that you meant to see. It's these random things that spark your creativity and make you have ideas about your own research that you didn't necessarily plan on happening, right? What's that quote? Science doesn't begin with Eureka, uh, but it begins with "Hmm, how funny or whatever it is. Go to your (laughs) academic search Mm -hmm. engine and look for coaxial cable rag grading strain meter. Ah, Google Scholar. Okay, Google Scholar is pretty good. I actually did a little spiel on how to use Google Scholar for our students this summer. And I think they needed it. Yeah. I did. So when you're not at a first university, you don't have access to everything. You got oh. access. It's a little bit terrifying. <laughs> don't you just it, it email me? <laughs> I had mine last year. At Occasionally. Well. <laughs> and, but this session, actually, it was not a standard session. It was called a pop-up session. 
Okay, I think oh, that's the pop-up yeah. sessions. You were real into these bad boys, <laughs> right? So I was, and the they got killed, unfortunately, okay. due to <sighs> multiple things. The idea mm. is, it's students and early career. No digital posters, no pop-up sessions, man. It's like and we haven't even evolved in five years. <laughs> and each of the talks is right. five minutes or less. So this sounds like TED talks, TEDx talks, right? Where they're just really small talks. What do you talk about? Your research or? So there were some different ones. There was a yeah, Shannon, on you're at a conference, <laughs> which had uh, really good attendance. And they did talk about you know, nice segue, though. <laughs> Our specific. I probably had that written down, like word for word. Education and outreach. Potentially, and also, yes. <laughs> we got combined with another pop-up session, actually. So we talked about switching. I think this was the second year that we did pop-ups. And I think it was the last year that AGU did pop-ups. Wow. I know we've both had an. It's such a good idea. Discipline switching. <laughs> yes. It's and, been tried twice now. I think they be, used to be called Pico be sessions uh, yes, before they were pop up. Oh my god! And they killed those and they were, too. Like, that's too nerdy. Uh, they have three-minute thesis competitions at OU, and it gets bigger and bigger every year. It's pretty impressive. We almost always have a geologist or geophysicist that's in the finals. And like, I think when they first started, you'd get like two hundred bucks. Like when I was a PhD student, and now it's like a couple thousand bucks, I think, to win it. Penn State yeah, had one. It was a and, uh, pitch competition. So they had a had business really school talks. person come There's in and coach you. Oh, uh, okay. And mm-hmm. that, that's how I bought the first the Apple Watch. My deal with myself was I wasn't going to oh. buy it unless I got the money from that competition, and I did. And you won. Oh, that's awesome. On the talks that they gave. Oh, that's a that's excellent. Man, that's very motivating for you. I know your love of conference. You've seen so many different things that you don't remember. That's a really cool way. Then maybe not Apple now. That's changed. I know. That's what I was going to say. Just leaving the conference and want to. Open old wounds. Yeah, and I know I'm sure at some point we'll also talk about organization and how we each keep track of. Oh, oh yeah, we talk so about that much. a lot. <laughs> any academic life. I'm ready yeah. to do it. Like I've started honing in on my max productivity. Like items. you know, there were probably list. 30 things and different emails to send. We can revisit. It's always a challenge when you get back from a conference. For sure, I I'm guess. having some interesting I problems totally managing. I'm still working down my GSA workflows list for as three well. people now. Ooh, and it yeah. wasn't nearly yeah. as large as AGU. Was I interviewed <laughs> several faculty yeah. members about uh, this, which I think yeah, is so super that was really funny. interesting. Uh, having that change. Like this is like over the last like two years, I've interviewed people about their productivity. Is it just going to be the things that show up to the session? Yeah, I think that's always a fear as well. Where were they held? Were they in different rooms or were they in the poster hall? Oh, they stuck us like way out in some Marriott or something. Yeah, we were way out there. Oh my gosh. You should have been in the Uh, hallways like during the... But overall, During we, the breaks, we filled the room. Why I think we might have had more attendance street preaching. But. <laughs> that's awesome. I, in these five-minute venues, that's a really neat idea to get even more involvement from scientists that are attending these meetings who maybe don't want to or not <laughs> go to the effort of presenting a digital poster or a 15-minute right. talk. They can do these five-minute talks and still get feedback on what they're yeah, doing. Everybody wants the 15-minute talk, and then they give the 31 in 15. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> can't possibly express myself in only 15 minutes. <laughs> I never would have said that five years ago, but now it's like, oh, God, can I be an invited 25-minute talk? I remember my first AGU talk being like, I cannot possibly talk for 12 minutes about this. I know. But you have to because yeah, you don't actually, want questions. We were more than surprised. People that That's came so funny. Yeah, you couldn't shut me up in 12 in minutes the now. That were not early career folks that were there to support the early career folks. Oh, well, as an early career scientist, that makes me hmm. very happy. Wow. Yeah, I'm was, almost not that really anymore. Great. I would say you're not now. Yeah, I'm that's... not. I've five <laughs> years. Oh, like my God. That was <laughs> a long time. <laughs> Oh, yes. I gotta go. Conference <laughs> I gotta go cry really now. But as I hope you can tell, we are gonna be in the mid-career doldrums here and in a little bit. As long as we take those ideas forward, I think we're doing a good job as scientists. Yeah. Oh, quit talking and out of the I'm side sure of your mouth, Shannon. You'll hear on the show. <laughs> I continually have travel problems. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I would never ever oh, fly man. an airplane with John. He hasn't even no, changed. Uh, I'm coming up on something. Not like really. Twenty consecutive delayed or canceled flights. You're supposed to go to Australia. And a virus stopped oh, it. It's yes. so sad. Wow. Uh, what was the worst one? Oh, pandemic. Let's see. 
I've been 2020. stuck overnight in pretty much every major airport <laughs> on the way from anywhere to State College, Pennsylvania. You hobo. Uh, yeah, so probably being stuck yeah. in Detroit for about three days last year. I was going to Detroit. That's still the worst one. You think one. as a meteorologist, John, that you would understand um, I think it was three or four away. days. Ended up renting a car and driving you from Detroit, think. Michigan, back to <laughs> central <laughs> Pennsylvania. <gasps> and, uh, our tiny state Oh, my gosh. And then you were even madder at yourself that. because you already have been there for so three days. What has uh, right. been happening interesting and our flight took off the next morning. Well, of course. A lot of what we've been talking about here in Oklahoma is. But they wouldn't give us our bags. I remember walking to a Walmart in like minus <gasps> ten. I'm hoping that you can shut some getting light clothes. On that. I mean, it feels so oh my gosh! <laughs> right. So I think this That's would actually insane. make a pretty good fun paper Friday. So well, yeah, we'll have to uh, <laughs> give Bell or some sounds for this next time. <laughs> More cowbells. <laughs> Four cowbells. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, where cowbell so came paper, from. If people yes. want to look at this. Uh, Baroche <laughs> 2000, which will be linked in the show notes, and there are a few others around. Along uh, with the talk copious about other notes. Cryosizum, <laughs> right? They're sometimes called. Though I'm not okay. sure when, but I started putting the actual kind of the basic principle citation here, in. Uh, is you get later on rainwater. Oh yeah, and I guess this, this rapid mm-hmm. freezing event afterwards. So you've got water percolating into the ground, and then a really deep freeze. And the oh, soil this was that really weird just quickly enough, boom thing that happened in Oklahoma. Fractures mm. that occurred. Okay, so just because yeah, and I think it was probably after this. It may have been somewhat because of this. Saturated with water, so uh, not really necessary. I also had a blog post on it. Oh, but yeah, this made right. me Googleable with frostquakes. And, then, oh. and I've been interviewed on even national news yeah, a couple times now oh about frostquakes. Oh, my gosh. Because if you Google it's frostquakes, really I'm one of the people that comes up, even though it's not at all what I study. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> See, kids, that's the importance of being an Instagram influencer. The importance of search engine optimization. And surface waves are the ones that cause most of the shaking at the ground, right? I just did my right, online uh, earthquake lecture two hours ago. Okay, How about so that? you've got to be close by. Nice. Yeah, they're kind of neighborhood scale events, generally. But they have actually caused so weird. damage before. Really? Yeah, they have. Uh, really? Sometimes it's also sound ducting from people blowing stuff up. Right, yeah, because we had that in Oklahoma, too. Yeah. There's a quote in the paper. We're starting to sound like Florida here. And Sorry, everyone said, in Florida. Frostquakes are probably <laughs> I do remember one what they are where they were asking if it was cryosism. I looked at some data. I was like, because no, there's no way it's cryosism. Like urbanized the, population, not which is cold enough soil temperatures to do that. As a geoscientist, uh, the police ended up sad. calling and saying, like, well, we verified but, uh, that it wasn't really cryosisms. And I said, like, oh, what was it? It was guys with a washing machine full of tannerite explosives. As one nope, does. I think that's exactly right. There are countless people. As one said, does. I was in my car. I didn't really. We're both from small towns. Anything like that. We understand this. And it's approaching July Fourth. So. Exactly. I'm surprised you can't hear explosions right now. Cryosisms could should, be audible, yeah. right? Yeah, they can be audible. So. I know that was kind of thrown around. My first graduate first student was from Kentucky, and he has a pretty good. Empty, uh, yeah, uh, I think that was a lot of discussion empty here, fuel tank that was out in the middle of a field that they definitely filled up with explosives and then the shot. You can go to <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's a pretty good story. All that is is a bunch of meteorological stations that are in every county, at least one in every county in Oklahoma. And yeah, they explaining the mesonet, yeah. Things, we go back to the mesonet the a lot. Soil moisture and I get so mad when I want data from other states and they don't have mesonets. wasn't quite Enough yeah, you look at the state, you're like, you have three, three stations? Correct. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I think these were uh, about a week ago. And I forget uh, how awesome we are in Oklahoma. And we pulled the data and looked at it. And yeah, it's really just barely dips below freezing close to the surface for a brief period Who of time. Who else has mesonets? Texas has something like that. It was still well above West Texas has so one. I don't know that oh, it's not uh, even. Uh, oh, thanks, Eric, for getting that and put up. <laughs> yeah, it's a West, West Texas right. mesonet. Yes, had a lot um, of ground shaking events and now these big booms there, I know there's one or two others I can't think of them off the top of my head in Oklahoma. it's not and Kansas even, is it always interesting especially uh, it might be so. which is so uh, maybe even I know there's some micronets too but they're not yeah, state scale no not at all yeah well and I guess kind of the other piece North of Dakota surely has at least a micronet probably Surely, I think the 911 calls in the Norman area started. That's a at big about meteorology school. If anyone's wondering and why we said really North Dakota, these to happen in the coldest part. <laughs> yeah, UND, just before sunrise, early morning, or in the overnight hours, even. Oh, uh, okay. They, 
Yeah, they do occur at any hour of the day, but really... I'm not sure how many cuts this episode had. I, I don't keep the Audacity file, so I can't go look. Mm. In Oklahoma, if it gets a little bit cold... I used to, and then I wondered why I was paying to back up three terabytes of raw Audacity stuff. And I kept them all through, like, episode 150, and you're like, don't do that, keep get rid of it. I thought, it was the scariest delete I've ever done. Now, as soon as we publish... Oh, yeah, it's gone. Everything's gone, yeah. The state that is further south that has had confirmed events is Missouri. Right, and this past weekend they had some confirmed cryoseisms, so I guess confirmed. that's probably what led us to jump on the cryoseism bandwagon as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, I'm, I would love to know the process of confirming that these are cryoseisms. Uh, what is the process? I somehow became the quote expert on Exactly. You look at look at soil temperature records, look at air temperature records, look at precipitation records, pull a bunch of seismic stations. Of the place where you had uh-huh. water percolating down and then freezing. Just, like just, just like we just said. Yeah, okay, scale. see. Look at yeah. a sounding and, and see if it could be sound ducting. I do that now. That shows a picture of actually a ground fracture. Ca- caused by a cryoseism, really. Because mm-hmm. it's actually really cool. Like year, for sound ducting, it's uh, just like uh, a seismic problem. January, you have continuously varying speed in the rock we'll layer, really except it's air. Except it's air. Yeah, was. that's awesome. And the sound so refracts really just like a seismic wave. So Gosh. I literally <laughs> use the same code to model it. No, that's so weird. Excited to keep talking about See, same physics, meteorology, and geology never ceases to amaze me. Especially fun. Air's a fluid. Here's like my favorite part of the show. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to be a couple hundred lines of code. So Shannon, why don't you tell them where they can find us? That's awesome. Again. Well, you can find us on the web at www.don't. <laughs> oh, you put the dubs on the front. <laughs> and then on Twitter at Don't Panic Geo. You can find me Rock on the on. web at johnrleeman.com or on Twitter, I'm at geo underscore Lehman. And Shannon is at Shannon Doolin. Look, we shared Ooh, the word. That about wraps it up for yeah. this week. How about that? So remember, don't panic. It's not an exact science. <gasps> John Lehman. <laughs> That is my line. Expressed in the show. <laughs> I wonder when that became your line. Oh my goodness. I did not remember. Uh, wow. So our outro disclaimer is definitely straight from what NSF says you have to say if they're paying you to do anything. Not that they've ever paid us, but... <laughs> not, not for the show, but I was on <laughs> well, the yes, student fellowship then. Yes, correct. So... And I was, you know, trying to write stuff that I never did, but <laughs> I don't think we've changed that much. I'm going to say it. And I was kind of afraid to do this because I was afraid that we hadn't changed that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was not as painful as I thought, other mm-hmm. than the mispronunciations and terrible mic etiquette. <laughs> That's me, folks. <laughs> Oh, no, I was I was pretty bad too there. <laughs> I'm trying to. Th- well, now I had all this stuff because you made me buy all the stuff beforehand. I think I must have just. I think what I did was I was messing with my audacity levels while we were recording, which is a no no. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think we had pop filters either. No, but I still actually don't use a pop filter because I can't figure out how to connect it to this thing. I have a double pop filter because one didn't. <laughs> <laughs> My plosives are very pronounced. Very plosive. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I think I think I must have bought the wrong one when I bought it, and so it doesn't connect anywhere on my apparatus. So I'll have to uh, I'll have to look into that. I will say that for our recording um, for this summer, when we had to do all the stuff to make virtual fuel camp happen and now i feel like i am amazing at (laughs) video editing uh i had to buy a little bitty road dead cat mic which i think is even funnier because it's a road dead cat mic and it is the cutest little thing ever (laughs) (laughs) and i want to use it and just see how it uh, because we actually didn't wind up using it because it didn't connect to our stuff very well um and so i wonder what that would sound like hmm yeah, and I switch mics. I mean, nobody's ever commented, and I assume it's because I try to make them all sound about the same, but I actually rotate three different mics pretty often. Really? I mean, I knew you got that other one from um, our friends at Embedded, right? But what else do you use? So I use my Rode Podcaster, which is what you're using right now. 
uh, I use the Rode Podcaster XLR and the um, processor box that is on loan from Chris and Alicia. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I also use an Amazon Basics mic when I'm you at the shop. Use that? Oh my gosh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Where are... it? It, <laughs> it is actually a very decent mic. Um, so this is what, if you are a Patreon supporter of ours, this is what helps. Um, we supply our guests now with this because we used to have. We both had two uh, Snowball mics, right? And blue Snowballs. Um, I still have mine. I think yours is in JPL somewhere, right? Mine is still floating around the hallways of JPL. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Rosalie, Mike, Jim. Mm -hmm. Can you guys see that? Let me know. (laughs) It's it's out there somewhere. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Yeah, we uh, that space thing that we did killed us. I think. I think that killed our organizational and. That was hard. <laughs> Having a guest every week for, I want to say, at least four months. Yeah. It was... Really was difficult. It was really hard. Like, the logistics of that were hard, and I mean, we tried to trade back and forth, so one of us would be really prepped on it. Um, I guess that's a question in these last 255 episodes. I mean, what do you think? What do you think? We talk about this a lot, but we never talk about it on this show. What do I think about... The show. (laughs) Like, I think... Well, go ahead. I think it's a lot more relaxed. Yes. Uh, And I would like to think that we talk about more interesting and relevant things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit less (laughs) lecture-like. Yes. Mm -hmm. What what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that, too. I think when we... I don't know if this is true, but I feel like when we had the listener survey, I think that really opened, and we started actually getting listener feedback, it started to open our eyes to who we were actually talking to. And I think that probably changed the course of how we did stuff a little bit, which is good. I think so. Yeah, because... I I I think we made it less for professors, more for... Everybody not professors else. exactly yeah i think that's who we thought would listen but professors only want to listen to themselves so <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i think we're reaching a better audience than we had originally hoped we were going to target yeah and we get excellent questions like we had a question from an audience member this last week of what percentage of water do we think was dinosaur pee <laughs> and you and I both back of the envelope did independently and we came up with mm-hmm. 5% of each other. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right, which was reassuring that I can science or at least I science like somebody else does. <laughs> yeah, so we decided that between 95 and 99% mm-hmm. of water was once dinosaur pee. Yeah. I based mean, on the uh, time the water recirculates in the system and so on. Right. And yeah, that's that's very interesting. I shared that with my class because um, <laughs> we talk a lot about, I read this book that I know I talked about on here, but we talk a lot about geologic time and how big it is in this intro class. And I'm doing this intro class on, I'm doing my native science class online, which is, I'm doing a lab class online. It's probably even harder than field geology. <laughs> but we talked about this, yeah. like dinosaurs have been around forever and I brought up the dinosaur pee thing and I'm doing it asynchronously. So I'm recording my lectures. I don't know what they thought, but I did get at least two emails about that, about that comment. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's one of those things like, okay, so it seems like it takes a long time for a molecule of water to get incorporated into a rock, get subducted, get erupted, go into the atmosphere, rain, get, ingested by something get peed go into a river go back out to the ocean get reincorporated into that seems like a long time but geologic time is so deep if you calculate how many times any given molecule has made that cycle since the dinosaurs were killed off it's alarming well and and the dinosaurs were around this is the part that everyone forgets like for over a hundred million years (laughs) like people have been around sort of in our most recent evolution two million years at the most a hundred million years 
That's a lot of dino pee. <laughs> so, and yeah. do you know what they said when the meteor was coming? Where's my hoverboard? Oh. <laughs> Still with the bad jokes. Still with the bad jokes. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I'm... I am less pained than I thought I would be at episode zero. Yeah, me too. But I... I'm really glad that if you're listening, you've stuck with us. I've been shocked by the number of people that discovered the podcast, you know, in the last hundred episodes and said, I'm going back to episode zero and yes. listening through. <laughs> um, I, I feel like that's more OCD than, <laughs> than like love for our podcast, because that's what I do with, with podcasts. That's not judging anyone. That's saying that's what I do. And I'm like, how can I ever come into a podcast, you know, 200 and, 55 episodes in now 256 um and not have listened to them all but you know sorry we got a lot yeah, more long-winded <laughs> even ones that i subscribe to i selectively listen to episodes um i've gotten over it pandemic has made me get over it so that's nice because i just don't i'm not in my car and that's where i listen so my, yeah. my podcast listening has gone way down, as has my audiobook consumption, which makes me very sad. I am sad about that now that my commute's really short. Uh, I, I was going to ask you that, yeah. too, yeah, since you're so close that that probably doesn't. I just can't focus on any type of work and listen at all. No. Uh, so. I've tried. It doesn't work. I, I used to, you know, go through probably two audiobooks a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't yep. think I've gone through one in the last six. Oh, uh-huh. I made myself. I listened to that salt book, which was so cool. But uh, yeah, it was rough. Well, actually, on that one, the last time I did that was spring break, and we were still traveling on spring break. So, yep, that's right. It's rough. <sighs> yeah. Well, there you go. Episode zero wrap up. So next week will be uh, episode one. And <laughs> oh man! So at five twelve, are we going to listen to two fifty six? Are we going to inception ourselves? <laughs> oh, you know, at that that could get really confusing. But I think we do have to do something for the next uh, big binary rollover. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and at some point, we might do something for a normal milestone, like 300. You know what? We breezed past our five-year anniversary without even a thought, so I doubt it. I think we're going to keep to those nerdy things. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Don't set expectations we can't keep, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've got comments or would like to send in an audio comment, it's been a long time since we've played an audio comment, and we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh any thoughts you've got, or if uh, you just want to tell us that we've indeed got worse over the last five <laughs> years at doing this, and that the uh, the soundproofing uh, is not working because you can still hear us. Shannon, how can they get a hold of us? www.don'tpanicgeocast.com uh, Email us, show at don'tpanicgeocast.com And you can find us on Twitter. We're at don'tpanicgeo. John is at geo underscore Lehman. I'm at Shannon Doolin. And thank you, Patreon supporters, for keeping us going through episode 256. If you would like to support us, you can do so. Patreon.com slash don't panic geo. And we've got a few new members in the Slack channel, John. You need to get back in there. <laughs> um, and you can join our Slack channel. We're with the Software Underground on the Don't Panic channel. And until next week, remember, don't panic. It's not an exact science. <laughs>